Welcome to the Behind the Lids podcast. My name is Mandy Adams, and I have the privilege of leading the Behind the Lids Healing Collective here in Costa Mesa, California. Our podcast is an opportunity to share the wisdom of facilitators who hold space and bring healing at our studio, as well as experts and influencers we believe you should know about. Before we join our conversation for today, we'd love for you to hear about an upcoming event at Behind the Lids. We have some exciting news to share with you. Behind the Lids is now offering online classes, and we just announced the first four taught by Mana Dabokar, psychic medium, life coach, and former therapist. If you're curious about communicating with animals, discovering and developing your eight clairs, your intuitive senses, overcoming self-doubt and unleashing inner confidence, or learning how to interpret your dreams, head on over to behindthelids.com online. That's behindthelids.com slash online and learn more about our new online classes. Welcome to the Behind the Lids podcast. I'm your host, David Trotter, and today our guest is me. That's right. The tables were turned as Stacy Pendleton, an intuitive coach and facilitator at Behind the Lids, interviewed me all about manifesting, as well as the topic of my latest book called Superconscious Conversations, Create the Life You Long For, One Conversation at a Time. Now, in today's conversation, I share what inspired my transition from being a pastor for over a decade to being a transformation coach, what motivated me to write Superconscious Conversations, and how to tap into our superconscious to heal unhelpful and unhealthy stories and beliefs. Hey, if you're interested in my latest book, Superconscious Conversations, of course, you can check it out on Amazon. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Stacy Pendleton. Hello, everybody. Today, I have the privilege of interviewing David, who has been holding space and interviewing all of us. David Trotter is a speaker and transformation coach, passionate about helping people rise above their greatest challenges in life and business by tapping into the power of their superconscious. He is a former pastor who has produced and directed four award-winning feature films on important social issues, including orphans in India, trafficking in the United States, and the intersection of faith and sexual preference, all available on Amazon. He has written a dozen books, including Empowered to Rise, The Secret to Embracing Your True Identity, Uncovering Your Superpowers, and Bringing Your Inspiration to the World. And he is the host of Inspiration Rising, a personal development podcast with over 220 episodes. David is a sought-after speaker for nonprofit and corporate workshops, retreats, and keynotes. And I've had the privilege of sitting in on several of David's uh, manifestation workshops, uh, weekly classes at Behind the Lids. And it has been a joy. And I've come back with amazing takeaways both times. Welcome, David. Thank you, Stacy. It is great to be with you. Great to be here with you as well. So shall we jump right in? Of course. Let's Fantastic. do it. Okay. So I've got some questions for you, um, some just inspired by our conversations, some by enjoying your teaching, uh, and some by having read your book. So I'm really excited to jump in. First question would be, how has the power of manifestation informed your life? Mm. Well, I think the, 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 the phrase that comes to mind is the thing that we start off with at the Manifesting Circle um, on Tuesdays at Behind the Lids is what you focus on is what you get. 
Right. So what I focus on is what I get in life. And I think that before I even knew the term manifesting, I knew that what I focused on is ultimately what I was going to produce. And, and if I was focusing on the positive, I was going to draw more positive things. I was going to see more positive things. I was going to experience more positive things in my life. And the more that I focused on the negative fears, failures, frustrations, all those F words, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to experience more of that in my life as well. And so I have that, that Christian background, of course, where the, right. the scriptures have played such an important role in my life for many years. And the whole concept of sowing and reaping is what you sow is what you reap. And that principle, although I don't necessarily use those words as much anymore, has just informed my life so much. And I recognize mm, if I'm not liking the results, I got to look at what I'm, what I'm focused on. Absolutely. And I, I love the way you describe it too, because that's a really grounded, really engaged way of describing it. You know, it's like um, people, regardless of someone's respective, you know, faiths or, or belief systems, it's it's really easy to ground in and connect with the principle that, you know, whatever you're focusing on is what's going to, you know, whatever you're investing in is is where, where the returns are going to come from. So I love that. Yeah. And some of it can be um, just what the things that we pay attention to, we see more of those things. And then um, other times I really do hundred percent believe that what we focus on more of that actually shows up in our life. So the whole metaphor of if you get a, a new car and let's just say you got a red car, um, all of a sudden you'll start seeing red cars everywhere. Sure. Just because you're looking through the windshield or the lens of a red car, you'll just start. No, were there all those red cars there all along? Of course they were. They were always. It's there. No, no extra red cars are showing up. You just happen to be looking for them because you're now in a red car. I think that's true, but I also believe wholeheartedly that more red cars show up in your life if you're looking for red cars. You know, maybe. Maybe not yeah. physically when you're driving, but in terms of other things in your life, they will actually start to be drawn to you and appear. Absolutely. And it, it's funny, I, something occurred to me as we were talking about that and the focusing on red cars and, and more of them kind of magically appear is that even people who are, say, kind of stuck in a victim mentality um, are really powerful manifestors. Powerful getting what you're getting, you're, you're getting what you're, what you're investing your energy in. And, and what an amazing way to reclaim your power in a way to have that awareness and say, Oh, Hey, Oh, I guess I do know how to manifest. Now I just need to shift my focus. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's so um, interesting when people ask me, well, what is manifesting? Do you really believe this happens? I said, okay, I want you to think about someone in your life that always has calamity around them. They're mm -hmm. always hurt. They're sick. They got a car that's breaking down. They lost a job. They're having difficulties with friendships, difficulties with their kids. There's always a problem, always a challenge. I go, y you got to open your eyes and think it is what are they focused on? You know, what's sure. going on inside of them? And even farther back from that, what is connected to them spiritually through previous generations you know mm -hmm. how how is how they grew up shaping the results that they're getting in their life not just because of a lack of education or but it's mindset but also things that kind of get 
spiritually sticky, you know, in our lives. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's so important to kind of make that, um, have that conscious awareness of it because, you know, I think a lot of people oftentimes just kind of unconsciously adopt their, their, their family perspective, their family ethos as truth, instead of really going within and figuring out what, what's meaningful to them and and how they want to live their lives. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you referenced your, your time as a pastor, um, and obviously there's some, there's some overlap between what you're doing now and, and, you know, your life as a pastor, but I, I would really love to kind of unpack what some of those, what are some of the differences and some of the similarities you've found between being a coach and being a pastor? Yeah. Well, the focus, um, is life transformation, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's really what, um, a pastor or a coach or, a, you know, facilitator, mentor, whatever, we're looking to help people transform their lives, help them um, experience that transformation that they're looking for. Now, it being a pastor, that transformation um, is a little bit more uh, guided in terms of like the, there's some boundaries on that, right? It's in the context of a certain spirituality or faith. Um, and so we're kind of heading in a certain direction, whereas oftentimes coaching with people, it's really, okay, what, what are you passionate about? What do you, what are you looking to, um, develop in your life? What are you looking to call in? What are you looking to manifest? And what do you sense the challenges or roadblocks or hurdles are? Um, so it's a little bit more directed by the client as opposed to, you know, as a pastor, it's more directed by the, the spirituality or the religion, so to speak. But it's all about life transformation, all about how do you help people rise above uh, their biggest barriers to reach their Mm -hmm. greatest goals. That's how I like to see it. Rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. Because so many people, Stacey, are just living week to week, waiting for the weekend, waiting for that weekend, waiting for the weeknight, the nighttime or the weekend in order to finally do whatever they want to do. Binge watch, you know, or Mm -hmm. soothe, soothe ourselves with... Um, something that feels soothing. And, and I just am such a, a, a big believer that people can find something that they're so passionate about. And oftentimes they know it's inside them. They know mm-hmm. it's in there, but they're so scared or they were, you know, they felt like they failed at some point, or maybe they're too old or too young or don't have enough money or don't have enough education or, you know, whatever it might be. And that's just all BS, you know? Right there, there, if there's something inside of you, if there's a, a passion to do something, and it can be anything, it can be like, well, I kind of want to volunteer at this organization, or maybe I want to start a business, or I want to become a Reiki healer or a sound, you know, healer, or I want to write a book or start a nonprofit. Right. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it, and that's that's what I love unleashing inside people. I love that too, because it's like what you were just, the scenario you were describing earlier about people living for the weekend or people living for, you know, five o'clock or six o'clock or whenever they get off work. It's, and then, and then going and binge watching or drinking, whatever. It's like, okay, so you're, so you're waiting, you know, you're biding your time to escape one reality to go and go home and escape another reality. (laughs) And it's like, as opposed to really living life and fully being Uh. here and engaging with, you know, whatever you're passionate about. And like you said, it might be something like volunteer work, or it might be something that becomes your vocation. But 
whatever it is, I feel like it's so important to kind of like mine for the gold and find it. So I, I love that that has been a kind of a connecting thread between all the work that you've done. Even some of the, the classes that people attend or workshops, um, those actually can be a soothing mechanism as well mm. that, mm -hmm. that that can either they can either propel you forward in healing and growth or they can be just a feel good experience to kind of soothe yourself and not take that courageous step forward and the thing that that I'm always trying to motivate clients or people in the manifesting circle or people that I come across is what's your action step What's yeah. that? What's the what's the action step that you want to take in order to pursue whatever it is in life? Because we can we can think about it as much as we want. We can dream about it. We can feel into it, right? All mm -hmm. tools of manifest manifesting. But until you take some sort of action, right, you're you're kind of in more of a holding pattern. So was there kind of a, a catalytic moment or a turning point where you decided to change course between the the pastoral work and becoming a coach? Oh, yes. It was very okay. catalytic. Uh, you know, 15 years ago, I just had a burnout uh, breakdown experience. Um, mm -hmm. I was a, a workaholic for 10 years as a pastor, and I was really good at um, growing churches and being a part of a team that grew churches. And um, I started a church in 2003 in Long Beach. And in five years, we had 750 people three locations, a dozen staff, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm speaking at three different services and then recording videos for other campuses and um, had a big vision. And unfortunately for me, I was trying to fill a hole of not enoughness inside mm -hmm. of me. Mm -hmm. And it's just a black hole. You know, it's <laughs> a black hole that will take all of your service, all of your good deeds all of your hard work, all of your workaholism, and just keep sucking you dry. Yeah. And uh, I came to a place where I, I, um, I, I, I had a burnout, this full burnout mm -hmm. experience. I actually, um, checked myself into a hospital for three mm -hmm. days um, down at Laguna Beach Medical Center, and I resisted that. I didn't. I felt like that was for weak people. I felt like no, mm -hmm. I can, I can handle this. You know, I can handle it. And, um, uh, but I couldn't. You know, I, I needed, I needed a, a res, respite, a time of a way to kind of stabilize. And I had a, a, a mentor come visit me while I was there. And, um, you know, it's interesting about it, if somebody's never been in a mental hospital, I'd probably say about 50% of people are still there and 50% are just, you know, professionals like myself that had a, a mm -hmm. breakdown experience, you know, uh, but it is a, it's a challenging place. And I, I, with an ocean view room and Laguna Beach, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. And I asked him, I said, Hey, will you bring me a giant sheet of paper? You know, one of those kind of big pads of paper, like corporate office kind of thing. I love those things. Brainstorming as a you know leader. So he brought me a big sheet of paper and I wrote on one side at the top old life. And then mm. on the top right, I wrote new life and I drew a, a line down the center. And wow. so I just listed on the wall in a mental hospital, all the things in my old life that I didn't want. You know, that I didn't mm. like, I didn't like, didn't have peace, didn't have connection, didn't have close friends, didn't have, you know, I was just work, 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 grow, 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 help people on the right hand side, all the things that I did want. And when I, I, you know, got out of that after three days, I just said, okay, how do I work for that? How do I work toward creating the life that I long for? 
Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I create that life and not wait for whatever I'm compelled to do because of something that's lacking inside of me? How do I seek the healing that I need in order to create the life that I truly long for? So I made a transition yeah. and I started, um, I had to re-engineer my life, relaunch it. And so I started doing uh, marketing consulting and uh, mm-hmm. coaching and ended up kind of falling into filmmaking just as a way to draw attention to some issues that were really important to me. And so over the yeah. last 15 years, I've had a, the opportunity to do so many different things. But the thread that runs through my life over the last 25, 30 years is that I just love helping people. I love yeah. helping people um, overcome barriers go after whatever it is they're passionate about. And, um, and, uh, so much of that has to do with what's going on inside of our head, you know, what's going yeah. on, what's going on there. Absolutely. Um, and in, in light of all of this and in kind of the, the many lives you've lived in this one, I would imagine that, that David in this present moment probably has, um, some words of wisdom for his younger self. So is there any advice that you would give to your younger self? You, you now. Yeah. Um, well, number one, uh, work hard not to burn bridges. The mm. world is a very small place and we all need each other. And mm. um, in the past, I have burned some bridges out of thinking that I knew better ways to do things or, you know, even if somebody treated me in a way that I thought was not uh, ethical or helpful it doesn't mean that I have to burn the bridge like that. There's, there's um, it's a small world, you know? Right. And so how do we, how do I remain connected to people and love people? And even in the midst of challenging situations Um, and another one, this doesn't seem very deep, but um, I would tell my younger self, Hey, work on building a network relationship, Mm. you know, connections with people because I tend to be somebody who does a lot of things on my own. Um, I'm a hard worker. I'm self-starter. I can like make things happen. But the truth is we just need each other. You know, we need each other to support each other. And there are so many gifts and talents that I don't have that if I want to make a difference in the world, I need collaboration and partnership with others, you know, in order to, to really do that in a, in a grand scale. Well, and that's interesting too, because I think a lot of people, it seems at least like in, in modern Western society, um, focus a lot on like hyper independence, you know? Um, and so that, that thing of like, well, you know, I can do everything myself, you know? And, but, but when we focus on interdependence and community, then they, like you said, we have so many more resources that we can, that we can draw upon and we have so much more love and connection in our lives too. So it is a blessing and a curse that I know how to do a lot of different things. Like I'm, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say <laughs> yeah, I'm I get a, that. a total expert in lots of things, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I do know how to do a lot of different things and, and that's a blessing, but it also means that I miss out on some of the collaboration and relying on others. So mm-hmm. I think for me, the bigger my vision gets for making a positive difference in the world, the more that requires me to develop connected, healthy relationships with people that may want to be a part of doing a similar thing. You know, the smaller our vision, the more we can do things on our own. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but we limit 
our capacity. We limit our ability to transform and do amazing things by just doing things ourselves. Absolutely. And since we're talking about the younger self too, um, what kind of came to my mind as you were talking is that in order to kind of have the confidence to gather community, we kind of need to, I mean, it, it takes a degree of self-confidence to do that, to reach out to others and say, you know, let's, let's co-create something together or let's, you know, or let's not exist in a vacuum. Let's communicate and connect. Cause uh, I know for a fact that Stacy's younger self had a really hard time with that because I didn't want to impose on anyone. I didn't, you know, want to invade anyone's space. I didn't want to bother anyone. So it's like clearing the debris of all the trauma responses so we can get through the to the work we're really here to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to ask you about your book, which I read last week and um, just thoroughly enjoyed and got a lot out of. And I wanted to just check in with you. What was what inspired you to write this particular book, Superconscious Conversations, at this particular time in your life? You know, whenever a book uh, feels like it's kind of, I, it just feels like it's emerging within me. Like it's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, okay, this is time. This is time for this to kind of come out and give birth to something. And I have clients that oftentimes will contact me. Um, in between sessions because they're having some sort of conversation that feels difficult or sticky or challenging. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, what would you suggest that I say? How do I respond to this? Mm-hmm. And I think that I have become a semi-expert on conversations because I've had so many bad conversations myself. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, uh, why did I say that? Why did, why, why, what part of me thought that would have been helpful to say to this other person, you know? Right. And oftentimes the reason why a conversation goes sideways is because we're unaware of what's going on in our unconscious. We're unaware mm-hmm. of the stories that we're telling ourselves about ourselves, about the other person. We're unaware of the beliefs that we hold about ourselves, about the other person, about the world at large, about the divine. And we end up saying things because, well, we feel like we're right or we feel like this is, it just feels cathartic to say mm-hmm. it. Like I'm just going <laughs> to let this, you know, go. Right. Um, and that could even be, even if we're being passive aggressive, it can feel cathartic. And I just know the power that conversations have in helping us create the life that we long for. We mm-hmm. can't create the life that we truly long for without having conversations. It's with, yeah. we, we're having conversations all the time with ourselves. Sure. All the time with other people, if we actually want to create a life, you can be a hermit and try to avoid conversations. But <laughs> if you want to create an amazing life, you're going to have to have conversations with other people. Yeah. So um, those conversations are the way that we get what we want, not out of a sense of uh, like we deserve something or we're trying to get something from someone. But conversations are the 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 so much of how we create things, so much of how things like manifest in our life. And so if we can be more intentional about those conversations, uh, I think people will be really excited. They'll be really excited about what it produces in their life. In order to have those types of conversations, what is needed is healing because otherwise we'll keep having the same conversations over and over again with the same people and not realizing it. And so healing is at, at the heart of the book for sure. 
Absolutely. And how do we access the superconscious? The superconscious, first of all, it, it's just becoming aware of it, becoming aware that we have a superconscious. I call our superconscious the consciousness of our spirit. It's the part mm-hmm. of us that's aware of something that has always been in existence. So if we, uh, if, if you believe that you are a spirit that has always existed, that that is just innately inside of you. And we come here to this earth to have this earthly experience. And we then have a conscience, right? With the things that we are aware of day to day, the things that we see, that we taste, that we touch, that we smell, that we feel all those things. That's our conscious. But our super conscious is that part of us that can tap into something that we've always known, but perhaps forgotten. And so the way that we tap into it is number one, raise our awareness of it. Number two, Mm -hmm. simply talk to it. I have found that by Mm -hmm. talking to our superconscious and literally just say, superconscious, will you help me have eyes to see this perspective in a fresh way? Will you tap into the consciousness of the divine in a way that you have for my entire existence? Before I came to this earth, we were at one with the divine, with spirit, and that our conscious was connected to the consciousness of the divine. And, and we lost that. We, 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 we forgot about it, right? Coming here. Mm-hmm. And so it's just going, Hey, will you raise your awareness that you have this powerful awareness, the awareness of your spirit, tap into it and then talk to it. I have found that it's bringing incredible healing and breakthrough mm-hmm. for people just to be aware of it and talk to it. Absolutely. Yeah. The way it just kind of came through was that kind of the talking to the superconscious in that way. It's like accessing perspective w- within the self. You know, it's like it's so often we think of like, okay, well, imagine that you're floating above the situation or you're, you know what I'm saying? Or, or that you're separating yourself from whatever situation you're in, in order to, in order to gain perspective. But no, it's like from, from within your own, you know, deepest inner knowing comes, you know, these, these realizations and these awarenesses that can transform our lives. I, I love that perspective. Always um, been a part of us, always been a part yeah. of us. It yeah. is the essence. It's the awareness of that part of us. That's all. So we oftentimes will think about our spirit as just like, okay, that's part of me. Maybe that's the essence, the, 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 uh, I I've got this spirit and I'm having this earthly experience in this earth suit and I'm saying, okay, but what if you tapped into the awareness of your spirit, the awareness that your spirit has always had the consciousness of your spirit, the super conscious and, um, Dr. Gary Flint, uh, he, he wrote a book that um, has has really impacted my life where he delves into this and sees that we can actually experience healing on the unconscious level by asking our superconscious to do that healing work. So. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, you mentioned healing being at the heart of this book, Superconscious Conversations. And one of my favorite takeaways from the book, you said, You'll keep having the same conversation over and over again until you heal something within yourself. You talk to, could you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So if you're feeling like you're not enough, if you're feeling Mm -hmm. like you're not loved, if you're not significant, if you're not lovable, if you're, if you don't belong, those beliefs are within your unconscious 
those beliefs are tied to stories that have uh, you've told yourself because of painful experiences you've had in the past. So that belief is going to flow into the conversations on a daily basis with the people mm -hmm. around you. So if you're having a challenge with your uh, partner or spouse, and um, I, I, one of the examples that I give in the book is, um, for me, the issue of time is very important. And um, I was uh, sharing an ex example of going out to dinner to pick up someone, and I was on time, like I generally am, and they weren't on time. They weren't mm -hmm. ready. They had to still you know, do a few things. And my mind jumps to a story of they don't value me. They don't <laughs> care about me. They yeah. don't want to be with me. They don't. Okay. Wow. Where did that story come from? It's right? amazing how quickly we go there. <laughs> so fast. So fast. Okay. So that's a story that I'm telling myself about that person, about myself. And then that's rooted in a belief that I am not uh, lovable or I'm not mm -hmm. uh, important to them. And mm -hmm. so then if I bring that up, now it's not a now it's not a conversation about time. It's a conversation about the fact that I don't feel lovable or I yeah. don't feel important. And it's like, whoa, that escalated quickly, right? This is not right. about time. So so many of us are having those conversations either in our heads or with other people, and we'll keep having those conversations mm -hmm. um, where we're getting triggered. And we're having conversations with other people, trying to get them to stop doing whatever it is that they're doing that's triggering us. <laughs> and if we're not aware that we're being triggered and that really this is our own story, they just happen to be bumping that wound inside of us, then we'll keep having the same conversations over and over again with the new friend, new coworkers, new boss, new partner, the same conversation. And so right. how do we heal that? Well, and that's a much more vulnerable conversation mm -hmm. to have too. the conversation of, I don't feel lovable, you know, or I'm, or I'm having a moment with this where I'm really feeling my, my younger self and some bad experiences I've had stepping in. It's got nothing to do with you. You know, that's a much more vulnerable conversation to have. Not everybody's ready to have that conversation. So they right. go around the hamster wheel of trying to prove that they're right or digging their heels more into their own perspective more, which, you know, only creates separation, not the connection that they're longing for. So it's, yeah, fascinating stuff. <laughs> now, to that point, how has having super conscious conversations transformed your life? What are some of the changes that you've seen? For me, it, it comes down to that feeling of being emotionally triggered, that feeling of irritation, anger, frustration, insecurity, uh, uh, jealousy, all of those feelings. Um, I have to, to pause in those moments mm -hmm. and go, is this, is this what the other person is, has done to me? Or is this really about a story or something going on inside myself? Yeah. And then when I'm able to pause and get centered, I start to go, oh, this is the part. This is the part inside of me that I need to own that's not healthy, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's in pain in some way. And now they may have done something that wasn't helpful 
right? They weren't ready sure. to be on time or they sure. didn't do the dishes or they try to pass off a bunch of work on you or you know, whatever the problem is. Right. But then I can actually go within myself before I even respond and seek to do that healing work and ask my super conscience to bring healing to those stories, to those beliefs, so that then if I can clean that up and come with a place, come from a place of vulnerability, now I can actually get what I want. And yeah. that's a huge part of super conscious conversations is what do you actually want with this person? Right. Do right. you want connection? Do you want intimacy? Do you want joy? Is there a, is there a project that you're looking to move forward on? Okay, well, that's ultimately what you want. So proving your point or somehow being cathartic with emotions or trying to help them see that you have the right way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Rarely is that helpful. Right. <laughs> yeah. Rarely. That's not yeah. going to get me what I want. Exactly. So there is so much of my life I felt like it was, you know, I want to be right. I want them mm -hmm. to see that I was, I'm right. Did you see mm -hmm. that? But, but did you see that I was right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're right. But you're also just a jerk in the process. That's not helpful. <laughs> You know exactly. I mean? Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, okay, then that's really all stuff just going on inside of me that I need healing mm -hmm. from. And if I focus really on what I want and then have a conversation toward that, I'm more likely going to create the life that I long for. Absolutely. Absolutely. You talk about seven helpful steps in service of having super conscious conversations. Can you tell us? Kind of give us a little overview of the seven steps. Yes. So the first one, and and really, this these seven steps are designed when you've had a challenging conversation. Something hasn't gone the way that you've wanted it to. Yeah. That that's when we're most willing to talk about conversations is when something's not flowing, you know, sure. well. So if something doesn't feel like it flowed well for whatever reason, the first thing is centering your mind and heart. And that's mm -hmm. just getting that nervous system back to a place of rest and restore, regulating yourself. Um, because if we have fiery emotions, if our emotions are hot in that moment, whatever they're, not just anger, but any type of hot emotion, it, it's, it's nearly impossible to have a conversation that's going to get you what you want. So mm -hmm. first step, centering your mind and heart. That could be meditation. That could be walking. For me, I love to walk on the beach if I'm in a challenging situation. Just getting your, your emotions regulated. The second part is, is owning your part, actually asking your superconscious to bring to light what are those stories that you're telling yourself about yourself, about the other person, about the world at large, hmm. and about the divine. Because we can be telling ourselves all sorts of stories and recognizing that and owning that and going, oh, interesting, huh. I believe that that's a belief that I hold. Yeah. Is that, is that helpful? Is that a helpful right. belief? You know, the third mm -hmm. step is to seek your healing, meaning, all right, now I'm going to do the work. And in the book, I walk people through a protocol of talking to their superconscious and asking mm -hmm. their superconscious to bring healing to their unconsciousness. Cause we are unconscious of so many of these things that are driving our conversations the insecurities, the challenges, the stories, the beliefs. So mm -hmm. how do we seek that healing to 
alleviate the emotions, and then ask our superconscious to help us see the perspective, see the, the movie in our mind from a different perspective. You know, I uh, produced and directed four films, three documentaries. And when I started doing my first documentary on orphans in India, we shot it and we're starting to put together the footage. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can tell this story from so many different angles. Mm-hmm. I can tell it where the kids look amazing. I can tell it where the kids look horrible. I can tell it where the Indian government is bad, right. all, different, all different angles. Well, in the same way, part of seeking our healing is looking at the stories that we're telling ourselves about a situation and saying, huh, I wonder if almost like a documentary filmmaker, I could look at it from a different angle, a different perspective. I could edit the story a different way in my mind's eye in order to tell a different story. Um, because out of that story comes meaning and belief. So if I can change the, the meaning of a particular story. So let's just say back to the conversation about um, the story about uh, the person I was going to dinner with being late. Well, I don't know what they were going through their whole day. I exactly. Didn't ask, I didn't even ask. I didn't yeah. even ask, but like maybe they had the worst day ever. Maybe right. they had uh, a child or a, a, a loved one call them. And that's why they, you know, who knows? I don't know. Right. Or maybe they just have a different perspective on time. Sure. So part of seeking healing is, is changing that perspective. The fourth step is to clarify your deepest desires. And that is where once we're in that place of, of vulnerability, empathy with the other person, because now I'm seeing my part, I'm recognizing where I need healing. What is it that I really want from, uh, out of, out of life in general at three Mm -hmm. levels, life in general, in my relationship with this person and in this conversation, what I want out of life should inform every relationship and every conversation. Mm. So I got to be clear. What is it that I want out of life? What is it that I'm trying to create here? And yeah. then what, what is it that I want in this particular relationship? And then what is it that I want in this conversation? Right. So when I clarify that, I start to go, oh, okay. So probably convincing them that I'm right or having a cathartic moment isn't going to get me what I really want. Right. And if you want to receive compassion and empathy, you got to give it. (laughs) So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I want a life definitely where I'm receiving compassion. Yeah, for sure. Right. Right. The the fifth step is to listen with your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's to, before you even re-engage the conversation, is to actually go back in your mind's eye and replay the conversation and try to listen to what they were saying because mm-hmm. you you probably you didn't get it the first time so not just their words but their body language their tone of voice what were they trying to communicate they may yeah. have done a really poor job but what, <laughs> sure. what were they trying to communicate to you mm-hmm. and and now that you're more aware of the stories and beliefs that are flowing in your unconscious when you listen with your heart Listen for the stories and beliefs that are coming through from their side. What are they believing about themselves or about you? Because Mm -hmm. now once you, oh, they think they're not important and Mm. that's why they're upset or that's why, right? Oh, yeah. now I have more compassion. Right. Right. Yeah. They've, they've got their own wounds and their own mind feels that they're navigating too. That's right. That's right. 
Uh, step six, let your superconscious speak. So this is, all right, now that you are actually going to re-engage with them, what would it look like to not have the conversation flow from the stories and beliefs of your unconscious, but for it actually to flow from your superconscious, your highest self would mm -hmm. actually be speaking to them in a way that was life-giving and helping not only you get what you want, but maybe what they want so that it's a win-win situation as well. And the last step seven is to step into your power. And stepping into your power means recognizing that you have the power to create the life that you long for. Like you can do this. Like you can step into this. You're not a victim. You don't have to play a martyr. You are not being controlled by another person and whatever they're trying to control you about. No, 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 no. Step into your power. You have power and uh, take hold of that and create the life you want. Fantastic. Well, David, how can people get a hold of you or connect with you so they can work with you or purchase your book? My website is called Inspo Rising, I-N-S-P-O-R-I-S-I-N-G. Podcast is called Inspiration Rising, so insporising.com. And on Instagram, Inspo Rising, or my name, J. David Trotter. Love to connect in any of those places. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, David. Thanks for letting me flip the script on you today and, and have you be the interviewee for once. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Stacey. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today, and we invite you to share this episode with someone who would enjoy it as well. Take a screenshot, text it to them, and tell them to check out BehindTheLidsPodcast.com. Also, we encourage you to rate and review the show on the podcast platform where you are listening. We'll see you next time, Behind the Lids. <laughs>